0: Hey guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening
1: to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. I'm your biggest fan. And I think <sighs> I've single-handedly sold about half of your tonals. But well, probably not half, but I mean a lot. Because what what happens is um, I talk about it so much because it's like authentic. I genuinely really love it. And I think it's far superior to any other uh, connected fitness, you know... Machine out there, so I always tell people: if you don't trust me, come over to my house and use it. <laughs> they use it, and they're like
0: sold. I love it. <laughs> no, it's by true. the way, where where did you grow up?
1: Canada, and I, I was going to ask you about that too because I saw you went to McMaster in Hamilton,
0: uh, Ontario. I, I, I did, and I can hear a Canadian accent from you know, hundreds of miles away apparently. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm from Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg and then I moved to Toronto for many, many years. I went to school in Toronto also.
0: So, amazing. Okay. Cool. U-, U of T or like just the yeah, general area? I went
1: to I, I went to George Brown. I went to U of T. I went to University of Manitoba first. I got my undergrad and then I went for business school I- in Toronto. And cool. yeah. And so when I saw your in your bio that you went to McMaster, I'm like, oh my God. I mean
0: to- it's totally, I
1: I, I like, love you. I mean, I love you. I loved your product. And now yeah, I love you. Thank you.
0: I, um, we actually opened up a Toronto office, uh, last year, uh, as well. And I'd say about, I don't know, 20, 25% of our staff are now in Toronto. Like we have just been like pouring like money into, into growing that office. And, and it's now it's quickly becoming a large office.
1: <laughs> I love so, that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I have to tell you that, um, I know you've been around since 2015, uh, right? But like the pre-COVID like COVID, like just skyrocketed, like just catapulted your entire business, right? Like,
0: Yeah, we we I started the company in 2015, but the product's only been in market since like 2018, 2019. Uh, oh. And so, yeah, so we actually, um, we actually, that first year for our first year, like 2019 for our first year um, was a really good year for us. Uh, by first year standards. And then, um, and then we kind of coasted into 2020, like you'd expect with the new year, new year season. Um, and then, um, we were expecting things to start to slow down just a little bit as you head into summer, because people generally spend their money on vacations, not fitness equipment and then COVID happened. And then it was like the black Friday we had in 2019. That was every day for like six months. Oh my <laughs> God. Over. Oh, a
1: hundred percent. You know, I'll tell you, just like I said, from just the fact <laughs> that, um, I was like, I am. I I was. I am such a big fan. So many of my friends, colleagues, um, what have you, started ordering these machines because I, I I honestly like. I when I like something, it's very evident. Like you know, when I don't like something, you know, when I do like something, and they're all like, then like as if I worked in the manufacturing, they're all texting me and emailing me like. Uh, it's on back order. Where's my so, yeah, where's my tonal? I'm like, listen, I, I don't work at in in the factory. All I can tell you is, once you get it, you're gonna really like it. That's all I know. I don't know if you know this. Maybe you do. I actually wrote um, a column for I uh, was an entrepreneur I, one of these mag. What, yeah, about mm-hmm. about it, like me thinking that tonal. And I went through like a bunch of different, uh, you know, at home equipment companies, and I said that tonal was like the Bugatti of any. Like what? Any connected home fitness equipment because it is. I mean, there's no, when people constantly call me and they ask me, "What do you think of this machine? What do you think of the mirror? What do you think of this?" That I'm like, okay, you guys, it's not even in the. It's not even a comparison like it's like saying like well should i get this kia or should i go and get like this like mclaren it's like literally that's how i say it to people i'm uh. literally and i'm not getting paid i'm literally this is how i feel the artificial intelligence, the intelligence of that machine the digital weights there's nothing on the market that is like it and that's why i really wanted to have you on because i just genuinely thought you created like you disrupted the market in the, the the market, in my opinion, in home fitness, and and you're doing it better than anybody, and you're constantly like leveling up. Like every time I turn on my machine, there's like another upgrade that I'm like, okay, I, there was an upgrade yesterday. I don't, I can't even keep track of all those different upgrades you have.
0: Thank you, I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's real though, right? Like I'm not. No, just, it's, like, it's it's
0: so, it's, to, to, it's it's totally it's like it's genuine and it's authentic and um. And we get, you know, we, we do get a fair share fair, fair share of love, and I think that's what motivates us. And so, like, for our you know for our staff, like they're working really really long hours to put out all those software updates, but I think they're also seeing the response of like this is actually like having an impact on people's lives, and they can see the opportunity ahead. Like, whoops, they, they yeah. can see the opportunity ahead. Like, it's just like this is way bigger than cardio. Cardio is like little slivers. Like, this, biking and running and treadmills and ellipticals, and then there's just like this right? And, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's what, it's actually like your passion is the fuel that our, my team actually runs off of. Um, That's great. It's what keeps them, the pandemic was hard. Like it was mentally hard. It was emotionally hard for our employees. Right. Um, and, um, and then like, this is the energy that, that helps drive them forward and work from home culture, you know, the pressure of like scaling eight X in one year, um, the social yeah. fabric around us falling apart. Um, you know the public health fabric around us all. Like, like it was, it was a hard time for everyone, right?
1: But let me just introduce you because I just put, like raved about you for ten minutes. But um, and how do you here. pronounce your? Well, you're welcome. Um, your name Ali Oradi. Ali, Ali, Aradi. Yeah,
0: it's Ali. Yeah, it's Ali Aradi. It's um, it's like Muhammad Ali, but without the Muhammad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And you are the founder and CEO of T- Tonal, which is. Um, the most advanced connected fitness at home workout system that I've ever seen, and I think that it would challenge any other machine. And I am so happy
0: to have you, as if you haven't noticed by now. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm really really happy to be here. And you've been, uh, as you were just talking, like just such a passionate advocate for the last year um, since you have had a tonal. I'm just so excited to to talk with you about it.
1: And you're Canadian. So even that's even more of a thing, you know, McMaster, you went to engin- you're an engineer and you went to school, you you went to school in McMaster because you were born in Ontario and then you went back. You didn't stay in Canada the whole time, did you?
0: No, I was, I was born, I was born in Hamilton. So my parents are immigrants, um, hence the name Ali. They came from Egypt right. um, and hence the spelling why all of North Africa spells Ali with a Y. So, you know, Egypt, Morocco, oh. Tunisia, all this, that, that's why it's a Y instead of an I. Uh, and they were doing their PhDs at McMaster, and I was born there. And then um, after they they graduated, we moved around for a couple of years and landed um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where my dad was a professor uh, at U of M. Uh, and then oh. you know yeah, and then when I was um, when I was fifteen years old, um, I graduated high school a little early. So when I was fifteen, uh, I graduated high school, went back to McMaster to do my undergrad, uh, did a computer and electrical engineering degree. At age nineteen, I moved to Silicon Valley. Uh, and I've been here ever since, and I was like 1998. So that's, wow. that's kind of like how I moved around. But but I've maintained that you know I, I still have a lot of friends in Ann Arbor, and I've maintained that connection to Toronto. And like we were talking about earlier, we actually last year opened up an office there, and have like pretty significant percentage of our staffing has has gone there in the last year. Um, so um, kind of a little bit of everything.
1: No, that's incredible. So what made you go back to sc- if you what, what made you go back to school in Canada for that undergrad degree? Like, why have you
0: well, gone to master? So funny, funny little, little story. I think, I think there were, there were two things. One is, um, so I graduated, you know, I told you I graduated early when I was 15. Well, it wasn't just me. I have a twin sister and we actually, like, part of the reason we graduated so early is we were like really competitive. And so we both <laughs> like graduate, you know, at age 15 um, and my dad works for U of M and, and trivia fact, U of M is one of three universities in in the country uh, that uh, doesn't give tuition assistance to the children of professors. So if you, if you're a professor there, your kids pay full price, right? So my dad is looking at me, me and my sister and they're like, oh my God, these kids graduated way earlier than I was expecting. And so he makes a deal with us. He's like, if you can get a full board scholarship somewhere, um, when you graduate, the college fund is yours. Right? All the money I've saved up for your college fund, it's yours the day you graduate. And so me and my sister start looking around and, and we, we start looking at Canada because education there is actually government subsidized. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we get full board scholarships. So we go to school. We go to school at McMaster. Um, and then, you know, when we graduate, my dad, my dad cuts us each a check, which was a wonderful way to start your life I actually had money to buy a car uh, for my first job. Uh, very privileged, by the way, I, like I fully, fully admit that this is like, to, to like graduate in this day and age, like in the late like, 90s, without, without college debt, it's just like, insane. Um, the other thing is, and, and this is funny, because like the juxtaposition versus versus where I am now, um, is in Canada, it's a lot more like the British system. And when you go to engineering school, like 95% of your classes are engineering and science, right Like the idea of like GEDs and English classes and like like we had none of that. It was all technical. And in my naive like 15 year old self, I looked at that as like a huge plus and I get the, this technical education. and then I graduate and I'm 19 years old and I'm working for Hewlett- Packard in their supercomputing lab designing computer chips. And if at that moment in time, you told me that one day I'd be the CEO of like the fastest growing fitness company, I would have like fallen out of my chair laughing. Like, I thought I was going to be doing like designing like computers for the rest of my life. Um, and wow. here I am, you know, 50, you know 20, 20 years later, and I'm the CEO of a fitness company, who would have thought?
1: And not just any fitness company, like, in my opinion, one of the best. Um, and... That's amazing and you're telling me this cuz I am like we were talking about obviously I'm Canadian and you know it's interesting because people don't re- even if you don't, you don't know what you don't know right and people don't even realize that the educational system it is subsidized and it's a really good education some of these schools are just like they like run circles around some of the American schools and you're paying like $5,000 a year and that's a lot you know what i mean um and right and so and i think people who know that know mm-hmm. that and the fact that you were able to kind of go there and get that that chunk, I can't even imagine. Like that must have been like hundreds of thousands of dollars that you got from your college. You know, from that from that amount because school in the U.S. is like fifty thousand, eighty thousand a year, depending on the school. I mean, did that is that how you kind of helped launch Tonal? Is with that money or
0: no? It wasn't. It wasn't that much. My dad wasn't actually the best saver. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So you had like eleven dollars in there. No, it was it was enough to buy a car. I literally I spent it. I spent it all on my first car, to be honest. So um oh, okay. so it was like like it's not I, I look, I wish. Um and so I actually worked I worked for 15 years um in the technology sector. So I designed computer chips for Hewlett Packard. And then I when I was about two years into my career at HP, I realized that like I love designing supercomputers, but I wasn't a big company person. Like HP was like hundreds of thousands of yeah. employees. And so I went to go join my first startup and um, and I was designing telecom gear, like the kind of equipment that you like bolt on into cell onto cell towers and things. Like that. And I spent fifteen years designing like telecom gear, storage, video on demand, like big heavy iron, like big equipment, the kind of stuff you move with forklifts. Like funny story, before Tonal, I never designed anything that ran on just one power cord. Right, that's the kind of stuff I worked on, like wow. big heavy stuff. And then when I'm about thirty-five years old, like by that point, I'm really overweight. Um, I have. I've developed type two diabetes, I've developed sleep apnea, my health is a complete disaster. And I'm like, I have got to do something, something about this. Like, uh, and so I quit my job. And I basically decided that like, hey, it's funny, everything I've ever made my full time job, whether it was school or the startup or HP, I've always been successful at those things. Uh, And so I'm just going to make health my full time job. And I, you know, I read and I cooked and I learned about nutrition and I go to the gym and I'd work out and, you know, I lost about. 70 pounds in nine months and eventually like got my a1c scores basically my diabetes metric back in in line and my sleep apnea just disappeared and i got really healthy um but the crux of it all was was strength training and and for a lot of folks when you're trying to get healthy when you're trying to like even like burn fat lose weight uh you go to the gym and you do cardio and I, i did that for a few weeks and then i plateaued and i still remember the moment when like i looked over and i saw all the personal trainers were in the weight room and none of them were in the cardio section, and I'm like, well, I am doing something wrong, <laughs> uh, and and I I slowly got more and more drawn into that world, but but it was it was hard, it's intimidating, um, to walk in there like you're surrounded by all these you know all these big guys, and um, and it's it's an intimidating place, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and and I think the thing that made me more comfortable is I realized very few people actually knew what they were doing. Even the people who've been in the weight room for a decade, uh, they were just doing the same routine day in and day out. They do the obligatory bicep curl and bench press, and um, and I, I just it became more and more aware over that journey that there had to be um a better way, uh, and that's ultimately what what led to tonal.
1: Wow, I mean, what an amazing concept! Because. Um, for those of the for those of people who don't know who haven't seen a tonal, um, which is like I was saying, a, the, the digital weight uh, home strength equipment. It literally, it. I hate to use this, and I know it's like it's like the Peloton of strength training for for people because p- everyone knows what a Peloton is, right? So for those of you who don't know what a tonal is, it literally is that because you have really good coaches who motivate you throughout the workouts and the machine. As you get stronger, the machine is so—it's the artificial intelligence. It increases your weight, so you're never—you never really plateau, or you don't have to plateau. And there's a zillion programs to pick from, so there's no boredom. You can do like even—you could pick, and you could—I mean, I'm talking like as if it's my company. You can talk about it, but the—the idea, I guess, why I'm so blown away—it was like I've never seen anything. I've been in the fitness business for so long, I've never seen a machine like that. How did you like? You just kind of got. To where, where? What was your first conceptual idea of when you when you decided that you wanted to do a machine like this? Like, what was the stage one? Because obviously, it's evolved a lot from there. Because where it is now, it could not have been where. Where did it begin? Like, kind of walk us through that.
0: Well, it all it all it all started with digital weight. Like, the moment was when I realized weights were dumb, and if they were digital, we could actually make them more compact, more smart, more useful. Uh, and, you know, and that's really kind of the difference between us and everyone else in the connected fitness sector, in the connected fitness sector, it's pretty much people like every company out there, what they've done is they've taken some sort of group fitness experience and brought that into the home. Um, and that was not our goal. Our goal was to bring a personal trainer into the home to give you the equipment and the, the personalization that you get with a personal trainer. So you can actually achieve your goals. Don't get me wrong. We also have some group fitness formats. We have yoga, we, you know, we have, a, we have everything that you'd want because once we're in the home, we view ourselves as having to like be your your fitness device, like your one fitness device. But but the goal is a level of personalization you get with a personal trainer, and of course with a personal trainer, you know, strength training is is that's the main thing you do with a personal trainer for a reason. It's effective, right? It's it's how you they reshape your body and its abilities. Um, but that moment was I was sitting on a bench at the gym at like 6 a.m. in the morning, staring at this giant cro- cable crossover machine after I you know lost all this weight and gotten strong and healthy. And I was thinking to myself, I really wish I didn't have to come to the gym every single day. Uh, I wish I could just do this at home. And I realized the reason this thing was so big um, was because it relies on big metal plates and gravity to function. And if I could replace those big metal plates with electricity, you can generate a lot of force of electricity. You propel electric cars and those high-speed trains that go 300 miles an hour in Japan and levitate. That's all like electricity and electromagnetics. And that's actually the technology that that Tony uses electromagnetics and electricity that generate up to 200 pounds of force in a super compact form factor. And making the first electronic digital weight, actually, to, and I, I realized this at the moment, I'm like, it wouldn't just be compact, it also be smart. Because dumbbells, they have no data, you can't, you can't like a dumbbell doesn't tell you whether your form is good or bad, it doesn't tell you how hard you're pulling or how hard you or how fast you're moving. Tonal has all of that data. Um, you also can't, command. This is called command and control. You can't command, you can't ask a 40 pound dumbbell to instantly become 38 pounds. That's exactly what you can do with tonal. So you can be in the middle of a bicep curl and then spotter realizes off all that data like, oh no, Jen's struggling too much. Let me adjust. And it will adjust the weight down just two pounds so you can finish that set. right? And that's the intelligence of having the personal trainer, choosing how much weight you should lift, adjusting it in real time if necessary, adjusting it set to set day to day, um, changing the pacing of the workouts, giving you feedback on your form in real time, um, and then guiding you through multi-week programs where you can actually see your progression with a program like built around a particular goal. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't realize the importance of programs. Uh, if you just go to the gym and do random things, you'll get random results. And strength—you can use strength training to lose weight or gain weight. How do you even know which one you're doing if you're just going? So having the right program and having you know a coach that can you know guide you through the program, teach you how to do it, personalize it to you. That's basically what Tonal does, all in the comfort and convenience of your home.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. So then, so when you were sitting on this bench, and by the way, did you lose all seventy pounds by just doing resistance training? Did you not do any cardio? Uh,
0: No, I did. I did some cardio. So in the beginning, I did. I was on cardio probably probably for the first like four to six weeks. I lost maybe the first ten pounds, and then I plateaued. Right. And then from that point forward, I did the vast majority of what I do is strength training with a bunch of cardio in there as well. So I kind of think of strength as like the trunk of the tree, um, and then cardio is, as the pillar. Um, my um, my uncompromising ca- cardio, like the thing that I do, which I think is, is the most important part of cardio, um, is interval training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at least once a week, I will go outside and I will do interval sprints. Uh, and that is literally like strength training for your heart. It's like the hardest you can drive your heart for 30 seconds, give it a rest, do that again, a few more times. Uh, and that's how your heart muscle gets, gets bigger and stronger no different than how any other muscle in your body gets stronger. Um, that I definitely do. The other thing I tend to do a lot of um, is uh, things like long distance walks and things like that. Um, I think there's there's value in kind of that low grade kind of long distance cardio. But you know, for, for, the, for, the, for, for most of other things, you can accomplish almost everything you need from a, from a health perspective um, using strength training. And if you're going to do one thing into old age uh, for longevity's sake, it's definitely strength training, um, especially as people age. Cardio is just, that's just like wear and tear on your body. Uh, and strength training does the opposite of wear and tear. It actually helps you build muscle, strength, strengthen connective tissue. Uh, and it's the, it's literally the best way to age.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I I feel like I'm talking to Sal all over again. I see why you guys get along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. We like <laughs> literally had this whole conversation, and we still do because, uh, you know, I, the truth of the matter is, you're absolutely right. I mean, over, I'm a cardio junkie, and I'm really trying to be a recovered cardio junkie because, or, or recovering. Uh, cardio junkie because it is it's a lot of wear and tear and you plateau and your body gets very used to using that amount of calories that you know it expands type of thing or doesn't expand strength training is how you actually shape your body and it's also right And, and it's also when you have more the more lean muscle mass you have on your body obviously the more calories you actually burn throughout the entire day not just that actual workout time that you're actually spending working out Um, and so you're absolutely correct Um, on from a, you know, from an intellectual uh, standpoint. And, um, that's why I was curious if you did any cardio, because, you know, people get into this mindset where they think they have to do cardio. It's a psychological thing more than it is actually a practical thing. Um, I, and so now I'm kind of doing like a hybrid. I do like a combination. Um, but like, you know, I try to do the tonal, I do at least What I like about it, I do it at least five times a week, and for people who like work out a ton, right? Who are advanced, like I I know what I'm doing in terms of all the different exercises, and the people that um, I speak to, the people who are like elite athletes or really training forever, they're like, yeah, but is it is it good for like people who know what they're doing? You know, like okay, if someone doesn't know, and what I end up doing a lot and what I tell people, you don't even have to do the programs; it can act as its own you know, system where you can just do your own workout using the the machines, like the the arms and the different like handles that it comes with. So that's why I think it's it, it actually can be something for everybody, for someone who's beginner, from someone who's an intermediate to an advanced, someone who wants to do their own thing. It's, you know, but not again, this sounds this literally sounds like a commercial and I don't mean it to <laughs> like I swear so, I don't mean it to like a commercial. I just no, like I, it.
0: I, <laughs> I, I like it too. So um, so even in that mode, like the custom workout mode that you're talking about, yes, you can follow along with our coaches and follow through the workouts. But even when you do a custom workout and you kind of build your own on our mobile app, you say, I want to do you know, deadlifts and bicep curls and, and you, you put together the program. Um, it's not like you just went into like a complete manual mode. We're still in there. We're choosing how much weight you should lift yeah. for every exercise. We're spotting you. We're counting your data. We're showing you your progress. We're counting your reps. We're giving you feedback on your form. And so, like, you can have a little bit more control over the programming, but a lot of like the, the decision making, the writing down, all of that stuff you don't have to do. And so, it's, it's way, way beneficial. Um, and, and to your point, like, in the world of pro sport, um, we, we, have, we have dozens and dozens of athletes who are use, professional athletes, like NBA, NFL, like mm-hmm. Olympic athletes using this, this product. We've had about 24, like, about two dozen of them invest in the company. Um. After using the product, they will call us up and be like, <laughs> yeah. I love Tonal, can I, can I invest? And they're like, we're still a private company, they're Like, please, can I invest? And then we figure something out. But um, but it's not just them, it's also their strength and conditioning coaches. And you go to the strength and conditioning coach and you're like, hey, why do you like Tonal so much? And they're like, you have to understand, Like, I'm a professional, I've been doing this my whole life, but I'm normally flying blind. I'm standing like five feet away from an athlete eyeballing everything. And now I have actual data that I can see on the screen. And helps me make better decisions, right? Um, and so there, there's just all of this value in going from a world that was completely dumb and dark to a world that was intelligent, data-driven. I mean, that's what we've come to expect from everything in our lives, right? Yeah. And and Tonal just delivers that in in you know an affordable package that fits in every home, uh, and and it's there to like if, if I could give everyone in 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 the world a personal trainer, that's literally like the mission we're on.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, we're going to get into all the business stuff because about how you have all these celebrities and athletes who are investors. We're going to talk all about that. Um, I was just like I said, I was just like, just like fangirling over the product so much. (laughs) I just, you know, um, but and I'm and I want to really stay on the point of how you kind of like just evolve the product because I think it's so brilliant. So then you get this idea, you want to do this digital uh, weight system. What was your first step at it? Because it's never been done. What was the prototype even like? How did you even make the prototype? maybe I know you're an engineer, but
0: like, (laughs) that's my answer. I'm I'm an engineer. (laughs) So so I I went, um, I I literally like that day, I was, I was so excited about this. I went home, I ordered some parts, they arrived a few days later, I strapped into my kitchen counter and started working on on prototypes. And uh, it took about three months for me to prove to myself that digital weights could be a thing. Uh, So in about three months, I built something that it was it was kind of a digital weight and but it wasn't like a tonal like tonal goes from five pounds all the way up to 200 pounds and it's smooth and it feels amazing and it's it's premium this goes from like 25 pounds to 40 pounds this first prototype that i built so not very much like range but i could prove that you could do that eccentric mode or i could like do a bicep curl and it was like you know 25 pounds on the way up 35 pounds on the way down and um and it, it started against to to my like yeah this can be a thing and and of course i knew i had so much more work to do um i also knew it was going to take a lot of money like you know we could talk about me, but the reality is Tonal has taken hundreds of people uh, to make a reality. It took three and a half years um, to get the product to market. By the time we launched, we were already over a hundred employees. We filed like forty to fifty patents. Um like there's a lot of technology here, and it took a lot of engineering, and that took took money. Uh, and so as soon as I had that first prototype which was just enough to believe, um I went and started talking to investors, Silicon Valley looking for for money. Uh, And it became the cycle of like raise some money, make some progress, raise some more money, make some progress, raise a lot of money, make a lot of progress. Um, But but a lot of it is about progress, building a team, bringing in experts. Like I'm an engineer, what do I know about marketing, right? Like um, took years for our marketing to get to get good because well, not my strength, (laughs) right, right. Right? And so had to hire hire you know great people with a lot of experience from from all the right places to kind of build us up to where we are today, Um, and. People still like they still get a tonal today, and it's it's hard to tell people how revolutionary this is. They still buy a tonal, and the first thing they say is like, "Wow, this thing far exceeded my expectations." I'm like, I don't know of any marketing where you get the product and you're like, it exceeded your expectations. Usually, like marketing, like overpromises by a bunch. Oh, I guess it was close enough. Like that's that's not what it's like with tonal at all
1: no uh, absolutely i i obviously you know i agree so uh so then how much was your first raise when you first raised the money after you made that prototype between 25 pounds and 40 pounds
0: so the, the first the first raise was was 000 that took about six months um about another six months later i raised about a million and a half um and then about six months after that i raised 11 million uh and now that, that was and, and so like there's progress and momentum yeah. and that $11 million round was the one that really kind of unleashed us. Um, and now we've, you know, you know this, but we've raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh, and, you know, we just, the momentum is just there right now. So like then last you, year, like it, last year was the year where it really felt like we broke orbit kind of a deal.
1: I mean, didn't you recently just raise like 250 million, correct? So all together.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, go ahead. Please talk. I'm just excited. So,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we raised uh we raised 250 million led by by Dragon Year. Um we I, we signed the term sheet in like January, it closed in March and we announced it like a couple of weeks later. Uh and so in totality it's about 450 million something like that.
1: Wow. And so are you what what is your valuation as what last time I saw it was like 1.6 billion or something like that. Is that accurate still?
0: Um that yeah that was the valuation as of the last close. Um so that was when, when Dragon Year led that round. Uh, we've made a lot of progress since then, but uh, you don't actually revalue a business constantly. You revalue it when new money goes in, uh, and so I'll just say we're north of one point six billion today.
1: Yeah, but I, don't, saying I don't really I couldn't north. tell you what the
0: number is. <laughs> I couldn't no. tell you the number.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so okay, so then what did the eleven when you got that eleven million dollar raise? What were you able to do? That like like because what what where was the machine or where was your business? after you were able to take that money and grow it. So I want to see the, I want to see what what kind of, how the progression, when you got the money, like what you're able to do, because I've like I said, I've noticed all the different, I've been seeing the, the, the evolution of the product. So where were you at the 11 million mark?
0: So with on that first, like kind of million and a half ish plus, plus the earlier seed round. Um we got to the point where we built enough product that we were we were in an alpha trial so the alpha trial was we we rented an apartment we, we built prototypes and like I like there's still like footage of like me and like a handful of those early engineers like standing in the machine shop making prototypes and so we made we made um, two or three prototypes that that they they looked they functioned a lot like the existing phone but they looked nothing like it they were like they literally looked like they were made made in a machine shop like big metal parts that would like but what they proved is they proved that you could actually get a full body workout, and they proved the digital weights work. Um, and we started an alpha trial where we invited users to come in, and you know we gave them keys to the apartment and said, "You can come here and work out whatever you want." And the only stipulation is we're going to film it and we're going to interview you like once a week, right? And that was for us to begin begin that cycle of learning, uh, and um, and that's really what what led led to that round. We brought in investors, we showed them that, of course, they could interview these these users, they could play with the equipment. And it was, it was for them starting to believe like this thing, this thing was real. Um, and the moment the moment I knew that we had like turned the corner on like getting people to believe that digital weights and like in-home strength training could be a thing um, was when I was with the investor, who ended up leading that round. Uh, his name is Co- Rob Connie Bear. Uh, he was also like the first money into Nestle, the first investor to like write that check for like that Nest thermostat back in the day. And I remember him, I was standing next to him and he was doing a bicep curl. Uh, I don't know why everyone does bicep curls, but like everyone's doing bicep curls, like that's <laughs> the how easiest thing standing, to do. Probably you're standing there, and so he's doing bicep curl and he looks at me he says, "Hey, Ali, when the world sees this, do you think anyone's ever going to strength train the old way again?" Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, okay, he's he's definitely going to invest in this." Uh, and exactly. you know, it's like I don't know. Eight weeks later, you know, we had the money in our bank account and we were kind of off to the races. But then from that point forward, it was still like another two years before we got got the product product out to market. Um, and and the thing to realize is like when you're building something that's new, different, revolutionary, um, like the entire way we were in beta trials, um, we had people coming to the office to work out. At some point, we put tonals um, in twenty five homes for fifty people to use uh, for an entire year, right? And we would call them every week and interview them. Uh, and so it's not like when we launched, you know, in you know in late twenty eighteen, uh, it was this thing where we launched and we're like, oh, I wonder if people are going to like this. Like we we had been like iterating and 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 fine tuning the entire way. And when we launched, we had confidence that people, people were going to like it. Um, but, you know, we had to build the technology, we had to ramp up the manufacturing, the supply chain. Uh, this isn't a simple supply chain, right? It's not, you know, you're not making a printed circuit board with a piece of plastic around it, like, you know, it's a piece of equipment where a lot of the stuff is custom and, and novel. Uh, and it took, you know, it took a really, really long time to get all this stuff going. And, and now, of course, we get we get to benefit from that. We have something that no one else can even make, <laughs> right? Because, you know, it, it took years of, of design. It's, it, you know, we have unique ways of manufacturing it. Uh, and customers love it. Members love it. I've never seen so much passion around a product.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so do you owe that? So does that mean that all these other machines out there are coming out? Because I know even there's a ton out now. There's a ton more coming. Um, do you own the right to only have artificial intelligence? Can any other machine even use artificial intelligence or digital weights, or is it only you guys?
0: We have a, a lot of the patents that we have are, are centered around digital weight, and a lot of the patents that we have are centered around artificial intelligence, uh, and that the way the um, the AI um, interacts with um, you know with the digital weights and the customized workouts and the cu- the, pa- the pacing adjustment and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's, there's going to be, there's a lot of AI technology out there. Um, most of it is on your, like, there's a lot of apps on your mobile phone that will use AI to do, to do one thing or another. And a lot of it's computer vision based. Um, and we, we also have some of that same technology, but we've gone a step further in that, um, we, we think that seeing you as one thing, feeling you is another, and when you can do both see and feel, um, you actually have the best data to make, to make the best decisions. And that's really where the digital weight piece comes in.
1: Right. Then how did you go? What did you do with the money from the 11 million to then like the 250, 250 million? Like how much did the pro- the product, the Tonal progress in terms of its functionality?
0: Tremendously. I mean, when we first <laughs> launched that, that, that first product, um, it was, you know, it was like in the world of startups, what you call minimal viable. Like it's just, it's the, it we knew it was a great product, but there was so much way we had just scratched the surface um, and, some of that was expanding our content and bringing new coaches onto the platform and adding yoga and pilates. Some of it was continuing to invest in the AI. Um, you know, in the early days, you know, we had we had pretty good AI that could predict how much weight you should be able to lift for any any movement. We've now amassed the largest strength training physiology data set in history, <laughs> and we're commissioning original research with like universities <laughs> because we're asking people we're asking physiologists questions they've never been asked before, right? Um, and so you, you get to build, and you just keep taking things to to another level. And the thing that I think we is, is like core to our to our culture, it's like we we say like creativity and invention with purpose. Um, and the with purpose piece is is essential because you know our mission is to help everyone be their strongest. And you can, you know, you can do a lot of invention and you can do a lot of research, but at the end of the day, everything we do has to come back to one main point. Can we give people better workouts? Can we make them more effective? Can we help them build better habits? Right, and so you know, a lot of the stuff that we've also built into the product isn't just in the workout experience. It's in the way they navigate our content. It's in the way that we help them build habits and maintain habits and remind them when they're about to break their habit. And um, building an entire experience, just like a personal trainer. Um, Personal trainer is not just about what they do with you in session; they're also about what they do with you in between sessions to make sure you come back and you stay consistent. And um, and that's what we're continuing to build on. Uh, And and I view that like 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 building a self driving car. You know, that takes decades, right? And I I view this as a decades-long journey for us as well.
1: You know, when you said something that I think is very true, and I talk about this a lot, is the consistency element, right? Because something can be hot when you first get it, and it's a cool new, you know, shiny ball. Um, I'm curious, just based on all the research that you have on and data that you have on the people who have it, um, what is the percentage of people that are extremely consistent and do it basically? consistently throughout the week? And how many people actually drop off actually after getting their shiny new toy? What is the research on that?
0: Uh, Okay, so I I think you're asking me two slightly different questions. So the question is people who would drop off off the shiny new toy. uh, It turns out that pretty much doesn't happen, right? So like (laughs) close to like 97, 98% of people are still using like in a particular cohort are still using the tonal a year later. Right. Um, but what does happen within our community is there are people who are start off consistent and remain consistent. Uh, and there's people who like go strong for the first two weeks and then become sporadic. Um, and they they remain sporadic pretty much forever. Right. And sporadic means like you'll be really good for two weeks and then not so good for two weeks and then really good for two weeks. Um, and those are just those are different personality types. Those are people with different challenges in life. Um, and, uh, and and in some ways, we have to think about all the different all the different people who use Tonal, we have to think about each of them in their own in their own unique way. Like, um, we can't treat them all the same. Uh, and so there are people where we know they're going to be consistent, and we 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 motivate them by showing them their progress and showing them what they can achieve and setting higher and higher goals for them, and that keeps them coming back. And then right. there's the people who are more sporadic, and it's about basically intervening and giving them reasons to stay consistent, and you know things like achievements and streaks and. You know that that text message or that that push notification to get on their phone, which says you're about to lose your streak. You have 48 hours to work out, and and different people just need different things, and and that's that's our job. That's that's what it, it's our job to keep people working out um, a healthy amount and to have them actually like get results. Um, the other thing I think a lot of people don't realize, um, or people who've like done a lot of cardio, that I'd want to highlight. Um, is like the effect of cardio wears off after about four hours. You like, do cardio in like four, like, and you're, you have this high and then four hours later, it kind of fizzles. Strength training, it lasts about like a day and a half, right? You wake up the next morning, you're a little bit of as you're roll, rolling out of bed, you're in the shower and you're like lathering up and you're like, oh, oh, hello. There's a muscle right there. <laughs> you notice that for the first time. And, and and that stuff actually helps you keep coming back as well. And so just the effect, the fact that the effect lasts longer um, keeps the top of mind longer, and that actually helps to to build a more consistent result than say cardio, where where I, th- I think we would have to we would have to work even harder to keep people consistent, in know, in a cardio type of regimen,
1: right? No, because now it's in someone now someone buys it, and it's in their home. And I'm just curious, because people are like, oh, if it's in my house, I'll use it more often. But is that kind of just more of a myth? Because a lot of times people we'll buy, buy buy a piece of equipment and they use it as like a place to put their their jackets and coats. It's like a it's a piece of furniture eventually, right? So I was just I was wondering because I think that the ability to kind of those push notify those push notifications and all that, like, come on. And that's what Apple does well. with The watch it, it kind of like it kind of um, inspires somebody or motivates somebody not to. I want to w- walk as many steps. Or I want to burn more calories today than I did yesterday. So that would inspire me to keep going. You know, um, that's why I was just curious based on that.
0: Uh, uh, absolutely, and this is this is really I mean what the connected fitness sector was built on um, is the idea like you know if you just give someone a piece of cardio equipment there is a good chance six months later it will be. It will turn into towel rack or start collecting dust. But when you actually put the coaching in there, mm-hmm. um, you actually can help people stay a lot more consistent because they're getting better results. It's it's easier. It's more like autopilot. Um, imagine you have a dumbbell there. And before you pick it up, you have to think about, well, what am I going to do today? Yeah. Well, you don't have to do a tunnel. So t- that takes a lot of like the cognitive and the load and the friction out. Um, but then the, the other thing is the fact that we actually enroll people in four-week programs. So once you're like commit to a program and like, we actually, we made it intentionally, you have to click the button that says join. We did that because that was a commitment point for someone, right? We could have, we argued about like, should we even have a join button? Can you just follow a series? And like, no, we want people to join and commit, right? So you make that commitment and you just commit it to a program that's four days a week. Well, you start your week every week knowing, oh, I got to figure out which days I'm going to do my, my four tonal workouts for this program. And that helps with consistency, right? And so there's there's a lot of thought that goes into how do you build something where like in every engagement you're reinforcing this idea of of consistency so that people get results. And with results, you actually get them coming back for more. And, and it turns into this this habit, right? Habits yeah. have to be self-reinforcing. If a habit was just friction every single day, um no one would ever form a habit. Like it has to eventually become become reinforcing, and that's that's what we 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 do. Uh, and that's why six months later, it doesn't actually turn into a rack. People keep using it. Um, and what we found is even for people who were pretty consistent before they got a tonal, after they get a tonal, they're still consistent. They just work out more times per week. So for mm. a lot of people, it is, it is a step up in their volume of how how often they work out
1: Right. Well, you're you're speaking my language. It's all about habits. And I think the best way to like to your point to maintain or keep a habit is to actually see that you're actually doing well. It gives you confidence and continue on or progression. Like if you, if it's working for you and what you guys do, like with those notifications and telling people and how you can, you can see in real time, how you're getting stronger, right? Like yesterday you used 10 pounds and, you know, or not last week you used 10 pounds Today, you're up to 13 pounds. People like see that in real time that they're actually making a difference. Like, you know, um, I wrote a book a while ago. It's called Strong is the New Skinny. And one of my taglines that I would always talk about is like, not everybody could be skinny, but everybody could be strong. And you're giving people uh, a goal that's attainable and reachable, which then builds confidence, right? And so the more confidence you have, the more it propels you to continue doing that thing. And that's what I think, you know, that's what I found was very um, synergistic, because that's basically what you're doing. And I know that you have a, was it like 25% of the people or no, people? No, no. I don't know the amount, but you can tell me, but get 25% stronger over a certain amount of time, the people that use the product. What is
0: it? Yeah, our, our average member gets 25% stronger in the first 90 days. Right. In the 90 days. Day, I think you're, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that's right. The 90 days. I wasn't, right. I wasn't sure what the time frame was.
0: And and it, I think you know to what you you said, um, you know when we say be your strongest, um, we're thinking about every form of strength because physical strength actually translates into mental strength, resilience. It translates into a lot of things, and and this was one of the things that I began to appreciate the deeper and deeper I went into the world of, of strength training. Um, you know that grand chess masters strength train, <laughs> um, before a big match. Uh, no, I did not know that. It, it, it's it, it's incredible, but but it it. Physical strength translates into mental strength, emotional strength, stability, resilience. Uh, and uh, it's just so incredibly important. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I have, look, I have, I have a busy life. I work, I literally work from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day. Um, I have a toddler and, and the only like break I take is when I go strength train on tunnel. And that's like my mental reset in the middle of the day. Um, it's more important to me than lunch, right? Yeah. Uh, people take a break and they have lunch. I'm like, no, it's more important for me to strength train. That's a more effective reset for me to go back and basically do another like six hours of work. Right. Absolutely. Um, so it's so it's so powerful and I wish more people knew about it.
1: No, I, I agree with you. And I've done a lot of talking on this that um, the physical part is like the, it's not a, the, the gains you get, you know, who's the pun from overall uh, life. Uh, isn't just the physical gains is not the is not the is actually not that's the byproduct. It's actually all the mental gains. I mean, the the overall, your physical and your mental mental are so connected. Um, And, you know, it's, that's why I think strength training is also extremely important, because when you feel physically strong, you feel mentally strong, it just kind of goes, it's it's like, it goes hand in hand, and it makes you feel you can do anything else in the world. So it's, doing a squat is just like doing 10 squats and lunges is like the byproduct in a way, you know? Um, That's true. Right? Um, I want to talk about all the different investors. So you say, so is that how was? I thought it was much more, I was curious, was it much more of a strategy to get athletes and different celebrities to be the investors? Or did it happen kind of organically because people just start to know about it and they started using it and they just loved it and they started calling you, like you said?
0: Was there, um, it, it was, I'm going to say it was for us, it was more organic for the athletes. It was more in the early days, um, it was more of a strategy. Um, and so just to give you a sense of like the first, the first two investors, I'll, I'll tell you what the first three investors that came in. And then from there, it was just like, you know, it was like a, a snowball effect, right? Um, but Tony Gonzalez, you know, NFL hall of famer. Um, had started kind of dabbling in startup investing, and back when we were still in stealth. I mean, like we're in an office with fogged-out windows; no one knows what we're talking about. Um, he gets wind of what we're doing, um, and I get an email from you know a mutual contact. He's like, "Hey, uh, Tony wants to see the tunnel," <laughs> and um, he comes to our offices, and we we demo the tunnel for him, and he does he does like a few basic movements. And he looks at me. He's like, "I'm in," <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and and so for him, like he was, he was looking to get more into investing. Um, for us, we're like, "Sweet professional athlete, amazing." Um, and then a similar story happened with Serena Williams. Um, also, when we were in stealth, um, and then after we launched and we started selling, you know, selling the product, um, we had Steph Curry buy a tonal under under a pseudonym. Uh, like we didn't know it was him. Like he he. It turns out that most famous people, when they buy stuff, they don't use their real names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we, we didn't know who Sam and we, we went and delivered it and installed it and all this sort of stuff. And then like, you know, I don't know, nine months later, like, you know, Aisha posts, puts up a post of like, you know, her and Steph and they're like, getting our workout in this one. We look at the photo on Instagram, and we're like, that's a tonal. <laughs> uh, and, then, and, then, and so then we like reach out, reach out to like Steph's team. And um, and Steph was at the time just getting started with with a new venture fund um and they ended up putting in an investment uh and then as we went into covid and more and more athletes started losing access to their like these multi-million dollar training facilities and it turns out if you're a professional athlete you don't really have fitness equipment at home because why would you like if when i worked for hp i didn't have a supercomputer at home i had a supercomputing lab (laughs) right right right. so so now now they're like at home building out home gyms and they're starting to get tunnels and then we're starting to get phone calls from their agents their managers their financial managers sometimes like from i've gotten text messages from professional athletes Hey Ali, you don't know me. I'm like, you know, so and so. Um can we talk, right? And they want to invest into talk- and it just it started to pick up pick up momentum. Uh, but it was organic in that it wasn't us going out and saying we need professional athletes to endorse our product. Um it was organic in that they're like, we love this product. We want to be we want to invest. We want to be involved. Uh, right. and that's just kind of how how it built up and it was like Steph Curry and then Paul George and it just one after the other and then now it's it's a few dozen.
1: Wow, are they are they all are they constantly promoting it as well? Like, or is it like, is it like, it's how much you don't, you're probably not gonna tell me but like, is is some of it even sweat equity, like if they just promote it, they get a piece or is it actual money money that they invest in the company?
0: Oh, no, no, it's money, 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 they wrote us wrote us checks the bitonal stock just like any other other investor would. And then at at that point, you know, at that point, here's a product they believe in, they've invested in. (laughs) Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like they only gain uh, to come, like they could lose money too. Like they they have skin in the game and it's something they believe in. And so they're, you know, they do, they do promote it, but they don't promote it like the brands they're paid to promote. Right. Like at the end of the day, if you're, if you're a celebrity, you only get to talk so much um, about all the products in the world. And so like they, they promote the product and and they use it and they show that it's in their life. And, and sometimes they'll like, you know, do an inner, like, uh, we'll be doing a, an article and, and, and someone from press, like, can I talk to a professional athlete? I really want to kind of get the backstory and, and we'll say, Hey, why don't you talk to this athlete? Why don't you talk to that athlete? And so there's a lot of that going on, but it's all like genuine and, and, and just like love for the product. Um, it's not them like promoting it like they would the product where like they've signed an endorsement deal and they have to show up a certain number of times per year and do a certain number of things right
1: no 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 I mean I, I know that I, I know that most of them were in actual money investors but a lot of companies a big trend with a lot of companies is that they'll say okay I'm going to give you a one percent one point if you know if you talk about it all the time right so I want to know if you had a combination of those if you had any of those people because I know that people are, genuinely huge fans. I mean, I, I'm like one of these, I wish I would have met you when you were at like the first stage when I could have been an investor. I mean, I'm so, I'm so bummed that I, I met you too late. Oh, damn, oh, now you. I just kind of I can't afford it now. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's what I was curious about. And then where do you go from here? I mean, the product is so spectacular. Like, now what? You know, like you have a bunch more money and you're constantly like, revolutionizing the product, what's your next iteration? What's it going to be? Is there going to be a person well, who jumps out of the screen and actually
0: trained you <laughs> right there in person? Well, all, will be I mean, all the, the investment in the iteration is really what's on the screen. Like, you look at tunnel as a piece of equipment, it's the most versatile piece of equipment in the world, right? Um, it can right. do so much stuff more than any, any other piece of strength training equipment, certainly more than any piece of cardio equipment. Uh, and so, like once you have the equipment in your home, okay, this is your fitness fitness hub, right? Everything fitness, particularly strength uh, strength training. Um, and then the question is, like, what do we keep bringing onto that screen in terms of personal trainers, in terms of content? Mm-hmm. Um, how smart it is is it? Um, can it get even smarter? Can it get even more personalized? Can it deal with special cases? Um, like last year when we released our first prenatal, postnatal content, like that was. That was a case we knew that that we cared about and wanted to eventually invest in. And, and so as we keep adding more and more content, more intelligence, more variety, more personalization, um, it just becomes better and better for more and more people. Um, and, you know, I, I view it as like we're just getting, in some ways, we've just scratched the surface. Um, there are 45 million households <laughs> in the U.S. Um, who are serious about fitness and want want a piece of fitness equipment in their home, 45 million. Um and you know we haven't even broken a million yet. Like we got a long way to go, uh, and we have so much more content to make in terms of a million households.
1: So you're you're in about a million households right now.
0: No, I said we haven't even broken a million yet. Oh,
1: okay. So you're um, in about like what nine hundred thousand? Yeah. Like how many households are you in?
0: No, we're actually approaching a hundred thousand.
1: A hundred thousand. So,
0: so, yeah. So we're wow. We're, yeah, that's that's, that's where, so we we have a we we still have like to, to forty five million. We have a long way to go. Um, the company oh, oh, yeah. You I thought you, meant, you Peloton, only had a million. Yeah. I
1: thought you had a million, sorry.
0: Yeah, sorry. When, like when Peloton IPO'd at like 40, 30, 40, they, they had about 500,000 households, right? So just to give you a sense of like how big this market is, um, there's so much space out there. So many people who need, who need this type of equipment in their lives um, that we just have a lot more building to do and a lot more of these to build and install and a lot more content to create and people to train, right?
1: That's amazing. That's a that's actually a really good stat that I didn't know. So you have about a hundred thousand, and when Peloton IPO, they only had a half a million bikes out. Because you would think by the amount of people who are talking about that 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 bike and Peloton as a company, you would think literally that they were selling millions and millions of of product.
0: That's well, I had no idea. Well, I mean, the thing is when when you're when you're selling at this price point. Right, when you're selling a product that costs that's over a thousand dollars, it doesn't actually take millions and millions of people to build to build a billion-dollar company, right? Um, and so, you know, in some ways, you know, they IPO and we're eventually going to IPO. And why is that? It, it just continues to fuel your growth. Um, like we're not interested in building a company where we've only served a million people, right? It's a forty-five million market, and that's just in the U.S., right? And so. Um, wow. How many more lives can be changed, right? And then like we have clinical trials running with the Mayo Clinic right now for like tonal and rehab applications. Wow. What are we going to go do with that, right? And so there's there's just so much to do and, and we're just getting started.
1: That's incredible. I, and so my, I was going to ask you, you were, it's a good segue into my next question for you is that the price point, right? Because it is an expensive price point and it's not for people. It's, it's, you need to have some expendable income. Now, are you planning on... With more volume being able to lower the price, would you come up with a another version that's a little bit more economically friendly for people?
0: Well, we really think about so the way we think about price point is actually through through the financing programs. So when you think mm. about this not as, you know, I'm writing a check for like two or three or whatever, thousand dollars, and you think about it as, you know, for $150 a month, and that's for total, that's all in. That's your subscription hardware, accessories, delivery, installation, like that's the all in cost for $149 a month on a 36 month financing program. And you look at $149 and what you spend on your cable bill, what you spend on $5 a day at Starbucks is 150 (laughs) bucks, right? (laughs) What you spend on a personal trainer, what you spend at the gym, Um, it is a lot, it is actually a lot more affordable. And what we found is like that notion of like price sensitivity. Um, it actually varies not with household income, but it varies with people's commitment to fitness. So people who, who say they want to work out four times a week, um, you know, $150 a month is no big deal to them. But people who are only interested in working out one time a week. Well, then they say, oh, that sounds expensive, right? So, so it's really about when we think about, about this, we're thinking about like, how do we reach different people who have different frequencies of how often they want to work out? Um, but for, for the market we're serving today, um, and by the way, that's the 45 million household market, $150 a month is, um, is actually a really, really affordable price point. Um, and then who knows from there.
1: You know, it's funny, because I, I forget that also, when you go to a, a soul cycle class, it's $35 a class. And people go five days a week or whatever they do. Okay.
0: That it adds, adds up. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it does.
0: It really, it really does. Yeah.
1: And I think when you break it down, like the way you just broke it down, people see it for what it is. But when you say, well, the machine costs this amount of money, thousands of dollars, and then it's $149 a month, you know, it, it sounds like so much and it is a lot. But I guess the reality is like, and it's not just soul cycle, like any class now, even random places. I mean, it's a minimum of like $28 a class at minimum now. So, you know, I, yeah, so then, so then that's, that's your answer for that. So only a hundred thousand homes, huh? I'm so surprised.
0: It's We're growing fast. It's, it's gr- we, growing we, we fast. Grew 8X, we grew 8X year over year last year.
1: Okay. Wow. Now who's coming up with all, like how big is the team of people who are coming up with all these iterations or is it, was most of the, was most of that what we see from your brain?
0: no. No, no, I, I, have, <laughs> I have a really big, big, smart experienced team totals about four to 500 people right now. Um, That's and a, wow, so there are, a lot of people, we have people, I mean, we have, we have staffing in 40 different Nordstrom's locations, right. Where you can go check out the tonal. Um, we have, I saw that. you know, content studios in, in LA where like we film every single day. We have coaches, we have video editors and, um, and our, our content, you know, our content is, is a little bit more more involved in cardio, uh, because like we have to make sure that like there's an extensive QA process. Did we give people all the right instructions? Did we say the wrong thing? If we said the wrong thing, we can't ship it, right? Uh, you can't laugh off a mistake right. when you're giving someone instructions in strength training, right? You got to actually like. So it's a more rigorous like you know content process to to create all that content and, and drive the quality that you need for for strength training. Um, there's a lot of software, AI teams, data teams. Um, the manufacturing logistics in home delivery and stuff like that's a customer care like those are massive groups and so um, it, it's it's an involved business and it takes it takes a lot uh, and you know everyone everyone at tonal is incredibly mission driven like they they are here because they see where this is going and they want to be a part of it um, i have people who who like walk in walk around the like people walk into the building and you know back when when we were actually in the building together they'd walk around and say wow everyone here is really is really fit um, and, and don't get me wrong. They don't like, it's not like you walk in and everyone looks like Arnold, just everyone looks like they care, they care about fitness. Um, there's a passion, passion about fitness and you walk into our gym at work and like, you know, it's occupied all the time. <laughs> um, and we encourage people to, to get their, to get their fitness in and, and, and be health, healthy. Um, and so like, you know, there, there's, there's an energy that comes with that, right? That constant like passion for the product, passion for the member base, the community we have on Facebook. Um, it all kind of fuels it, and very little of it is is me at this point. Um, I'm kind of like the Watchman at like the top of the tower, making sure we're still like <laughs> headed in the right direction. But, um, you know, I, I like to say I do nothing, but I'm responsible for everything.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, do you have a bunch of tonals around the office then that like are on the walls, like seven, like just um, how many do you have on the walls or in your gyms or.
0: So, I mean, we have we have a bunch in our gym, obviously, where where people work out. But when you walk around, like pretty much every engineer has their own tonal, right? So, like we, if you walk around, like we have like those desk tonal, desk tonal, desk (laughs) tonal, like and because they're they're develop, I mean, they're they're developing software, developing hardware. Um, Our customer care agents have tonals on the wall they can walk up to and like play with if they need to help someone answer a question. Um, we have sales reps where you can like hop on a Zoom video call and talk to a sales rep, and they have tunnels, and they will like do a Zoom call, and, like point stuff out for you on the tunnel So Yeah, we have tunnels everywhere. I mean, we love I mean, tunnels.
1: I, I, yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? And then, um, which, Who's the? I and mean, then this is kind of a silly question, but I'm just curious: who's the who is the most popular coach you have? On,
0: on um, it 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 ver- it varies depending on how you um on how you you measure it. Um, and so, um, a coach, Paul, for example, is an incredibly popular coach. People love him. People love interacting. Um, yeah, people love interacting with like coach Liz, for example, um, and like in Nicolette and a lot of her, her workouts are super, super popular. Um, and, and they're very, very active in the community. Um, but our most, um, but at the same time, you also ask the question, like, who's our, what's our most popular, um, content, um, our most popular workouts um, are actually by Coach Coach Jackson, and their programs like, um, go big, go big or go home, and um, you know, four weeks of fat loss and four weeks of fat loss 2 and uh, go big or go home too, and like, there's there's a set of programming that people are just like obsessed with. Did you um, say him because
1: I like him because I, I I did a workout with him. I love him. I thought he was, yeah, I think nope. he does a great job. He's he knows what he's talking about. Although Liz, I like Liz and Paul too, but.
0: Yeah. And, and Nicolette and like making muscle and making like the making muscle series were like one of one I had a lot of fun with. And and so people are looking for different things. Sometimes they just they care about the coach and the personality. Sometimes they care about the workout. Sometimes they care about just getting their, you know, their butt kicked and, and depending yeah. on what you're looking for, different coaches, for sure.
1: No, there's some really good ones. Some I can do without, to be honest, but that doesn't matter. But I do like, I think Liz has a very nice way about her. And I like Paul and I do like Action Jackson. I think he, like. Yeah. I, it's, that's why I was curious, like who, who, do they come up, do the coaches come up with their own workouts or do you guys uh, do that for them?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, when we were starting this, we we didn't go hire instructors, right? We, we actually went and hired, you know, coaches who have certifications and a lot of experience mm-hmm. training people. Uh, We went and got them out of some of the best gyms, you know, some of them have PhDs. uh, And and that's an area we like, we actually now have a curriculum group that actually is like building a lot of the science and the research and a lot of the stuff behind that as well.
1: Uh, And so
0: there's, there's all a lot, a lot that happens behind the scenes. Um, And especially as we add, as we add more and more coaches, um, we love the ability for coaches to create their own workouts. And that's important and essential um, but we also now have to start like driving consistency as well, right? You know, the more coaches you have, you can't just turn into everyone does their own thing. You, you need, you know, our members need that level of like, they know what they're going to do when they work out for this coach or this one or this other one. Um, they had kind of have those expectations about what that workout is going to be like and what they're going to get out of it. Uh, it can't be a surprise every time you try a new coach. So, so, right. you know, as you scale, as you build more and more stuff, you, you also have to get, get a little bit more consistent and, and we're doing a lot of that stuff too.
1: I mean, so now I got to ask you a couple questions about just in terms of leadership and being an entrepreneur, if that's okay with you, and then you can, can, we can wrap it up. But, you know, uh, someone who's uh, done such a great job at building something uh, and disrupted a market like you have, what were some of the challenges that you had early on uh, that you learned from? And, um, can you just give people a little bit of that and some, like, just overall? What what were the qualities that you would say also that you have about yourself that makes you a good leader and makes you a good entrepreneur?
0: Well, I mean, the, the biggest challenge is every day you're doing something you've literally never done before, right you okay. You never I, you never get to perfect the craft of of leading a 500 person company uh, <laughs> because it's your first time doing it, and you don't you don't do that day in and day out. It's, so. So, so, in some ways, like that's that was the biggest challenge. Um, and and the way the way I approach it is the combination of like the beginner's mindset of just like knowing that there's probably a bazillion things I don't know about running a 500 person company or a bazillion things I don't know about marketing, um, like in the early days of Tonal or a bazillion things I don't know. Um, and also look looking out looking out into the future, right. Uh, and so you know in some ways like if you know that i don't know what it's like to lead a 500 person company and i know i don't know what it's like to lead a 1000 person company which is in our future um i start learning today about what it's like to lead a 1000 person company um you talk to advisors you know in my case i have executive coaches i have an executive coach who i meet with regularly and i also i'm in a peer coaching program with a bunch of ceos who are going through similar like entrepreneurship journeys at companies growing at similar rates at similar stages and we hold each other accountable. And so it's this constant thing of like you know getting ahead of where you you're going to need to be uh, right. and planning for that and just like accepting the fact that like I don't want to say the fact that I'm you no know, good but it's the fact that I'm not ready. I haven't done it before and I need to start preparing now if I'm going to get there. Um, you know and it's no different than any other other thing in life. Like you don't get to you know you, you get to practice for the Olympics but you don't get to be practiced at being in the Olympics, right? You, you get it's one time, it's a, it's, it's one performance, um, and it's about always thinking about like you know I don't get, I don't get a redo on next year, so I better be ready.
1: <laughs> right. No, that's a good. I, I mean, so you mentioned two things: peer coaching and executive coaching. Uh, what's a peer coaching? Is that like a YPO type of thing, or when you have a bunch of people who are doing the same thing you're doing, or?
0: It's it's a it's a little bit more it's a little bit more formal than that. So the program I'm in is called is called 10x CEO, um, and and the way it works is they basically pull us together. They have I think a dozen different groups, but each group is a group of eight eight CEOs and eight companies. So I'm in a group with like seven other CEOs or companies, uh, and we um, we meet once a quarter for two days back to back. Uh, mm-hmm. We literally just go through each other's businesses one by one. Uh and you know, there's part of it is like, what did you say last time? Is what you're saying this time for, like consistent and a progression on what you did last time? Did you do what you were gonna say or you're gonna do? Um, um, hey, I'm facing this challenge. What are you facing? Right. So, you know, as our companies all went through work from home and like all these challenges were happening, we were all like comparing notes and pointing each other at resources and and like, hey, I I have an advisor helping with this thing. You should go talk to them or um like we have, for example, like now we're talking about return to work, and like one of the CEOs literally handed us like an eighty-page return to work document that he had, he and his team had crafted, and like here, just look at this, it might help you. And so, so there's there's a lot of a lot of that going on where like, you know, you're not doing it alone, and that's like that's the thing about leadership, that's the thing about entrepreneurship is like you're kind of on an island, right? And 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 it's hard because it's not just that you're at the tip of the pyramid, you're at the top of the pyramid, you have this massive team underneath you. You also have this massive like board and investor like base above you. So you're kind of like at the confluence of like this point of like all of these people, mm-hmm. You have people outside the company, you have advisors. And so um, you're like a lot of information is flowing through you. And it's like about constantly being able to like process it and move it and direct stuff and make good decisions, even with very little data. Uh, and when you have other people who are going through that same thing, you know, 12 hours a day, it's good to be able to talk to them and, and you know, get their support
1: absolutely and then ex- your executive coaching do you
0: have that once a week with somebody or it varies um it's usually once a week or every other week depending on on what we're going through um and so those those are like 90 minute sessions as often as every week um oftentimes like odd specific goals that we're going to go through um and it's it's kind of like it's a little bit like therapy and like, like you know mm-hmm. mental strength is like it's one of the biggest things in business and one of the things that I think shocked me the deeper I got into business is the number of athletes I met who later became business people and um, and leaders. Uh, and the thing they've often told me is, all that you don't understand, and they'll like literally say something and be like, I wasn't the best you know, football player. I wasn't the best blah, blah, blah in high school, but I was the person who had the mental strength to make it into the big leagues. And, and, and oftentimes it never came back to like, I had better technical skill or I was faster. It came down to like the mental strength of being able to handle that pressure. And by the way, that's something I really, really like, it, it's a, it's a trademark of Serena Williams is her mental strength right? mm-hmm. um, under like the highest pressure situations. And so, so yeah, that coach, a lot of it is like, it's psychological. It's like, why are you really not doing this thing that you said you were going to do? <laughs> right. right? Um, and kind of breaking it down and setting goals and helping you work through things. It's also going out and doing 360s. Right they'll interview people tonal up and down, up and down the organization and come back and be like, Ali, this is what people had to say about you. By the way, it was anonymous. You're not going to like everything in here, right? And 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 you go through it and then you start working through it. It's like, okay, well, that has to improve, that has to improve. And, and the truth is like, even if you read something that someone said that you don't like, and maybe it's not even true, the fact that they're thinking that thing um, means that like, well, okay, you're, you're not doing something right. You're not communicating, right? You're not like, there's something missing. And so you're constantly learning from everyone around you, right? Yeah. Including your executive team, right? I'm, I'm surrounded by leaders. Like people I've hired have more experience than me. <laughs> right? I learn from them every day. It's incredible. Right.
1: No, I think those are very good points. And I think that even like, let's say, you know, even Tiger Woods has a coach. Just because you can... And you're like, you know, being a, a new entrepreneur, you're not going to do everything right. There is no right or wrong. It's like you kind of are learning as you go on the job. So I like to know what the, what's kind of the tools that you have in your toolbox, as you kind of go and grow, I'm also curious to know of when you do those tests or those not tests when those like those surveys. what are the couple of the attributes that you people say about you, good or bad, that you see, but that you you see over and over again?
0: Um, the thing I see I see over and over again is like authenticity. Um, all he really cares about his team. He really cares about the mission. He really cares, you know, cares about about the customer base. Um, you know, and then and then in terms of negatives, they're constantly shifting because every time I, you know, I hear something, I'm I'm working on it. Um, but let me think through. I'm thinking through the journey. I think in the early days, um, I'm someone who's um, who's really really even Um, Like I could be in the middle of a hurricane and I'm still smiling, um, kind of a deal. And and a lot like a lot of people I think struggled with the fact that they couldn't necessarily read read my emotions, and so they're like. Mm-hmm. We don't always know what Ollie is thinking, and so like sometimes I have to like intentionally be like, I think I need to be dramatic, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, in order in order for them to like understand that that this thing is is important to me, right. Um And so and, and I've actually had people like on my team begin to recognize this about me. I had one person like, Hey Ollie, you know that thing you brought up last week? I have a question. In terms of like level of importance to you, is that like a two or a nine? We couldn't really tell, and I'm like, Oh no, that was definitely a nine. Right. And so, you know, that was one, that's one thing I've like, I've learned to like get better at. And, and there's a lot, and like your team's changing, your team's evolving and you're constantly reshaping. And that, that's the importance of like doing these things is you don't really know until when someone goes and asks um, in an anonymous, like really? safe way where they'll, they'll actually tell you the truth. Right. Uh, and so like that feedback is so important. Right. Um, coaching is so incredibly important. It's like no one has done anything great in life without a coach, all the best athletes, all the best CEOs, they all have them. Um, I don't want to say it's the best kept secret, but like if you're not doing it, um, you're probably, you're probably not achieving everything you could be achieving. Right. right. Uh,
1: I, no, I, I tend to, I really agree with you. That's why I was asking you and this, uh, this group that you just mentioned, the 10 times, no, the CEO or 10 times 10X CEO? 10X CEO. Yeah. Oh, 10 X yeah 10 X CEO. I, I've never heard of that. Is that, can anybody who's a CEO, is it, how do you join? How, what, what is the process with that?
0: Uh, it's an, It's technically speaking, it's invite, it's invite only referral only. Mm -hmm. um, And you have to, you have to apply. uh, But basically, the the network comes in through the venture venture folks. So, you know, if you Mm -hmm. are if you own a business that's backed by some sort of venture investment, there's a very good chance they have a relationship with this program.
1: So, and what's the difference between that and ypo ypo is for people who don't know it's called young young presidents organization and they what people love about that is the forums that you get into which is like another like another 6 7 people in a group or 8 whatever and that becomes your like cohort but um how are they different in terms of what I, you get I, I have
0: to tell you i'm um i've had people harassing me to join ypo for like 5 years um and i just haven't because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that it's just one more thing I have to do and so mm-hmm. I couldn't I can't actually tell you. Um, I do know that I people keep warning me like you only have a few more years to join YPO before you age out and once yeah. you're in you're in and it's the most incredible thing and so so like it's a very very highly endorsed program but I honestly like I just don't know it well enough to comment. Are you are you in well, it?
1: Why would you say that? My husband's <laughs> in it. No, I I know, know, no, that, no. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but how old are you? You do age out. I think it's at forty-five. No, fifty. You age out, right? Fifty. Think, you age out.
0: I think it's forty-five, and I'm forty-three.
1: So. Oh no, I think it must be fifty because I think it's called YPO Gold at fifty, and then people <laughs> go into the YPO Gold. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. But okay. I think. Um, what else? I mean, listen. I think I've, I've I. I I think you kind of answered all of my questions besides, of course, like half of this podcast is me just like telling you how amazing I think your product is. And again, for people, I am not getting paid to say that it legit is my, it's authentic. I really do think that you've built an extraordinary, incredible uh, thing machine and disrupted the fitness space more than I've seen anybody else do. And you know, I, I'm a big fan, as you could tell. So, I, I loved having you on the podcast.
0: Thank you so so much for having me. It was wonderful, wonderful speaking with you, and wonderful having you in our community and as, as like the literally most authentic advocate. Uh, <laughs> and ha- happy to chat anytime.
1: Oh my gosh! Where do people find more information? I mean, about you or um, about tonal? I mean, tonal. You well, can know. You can just go on you can tonal, tell
0: them tonal.com. Um, absolutely. To see the product, um, you know, at tonal on Instagram at tonal on, on Twitter, um, visit our locations or demo a tonal on our website, um, 40 North Nordstrom's locations and about a dozen other locations. In addition to that around the country where you can go physically touch one, um, lot, you know, and or, or even just like get on a zoom call and like see it. Uh, but I think, I think you you got to see it. You got to experience this thing. It's just it, it really is the most incredible piece of venice ever created.
1: It sure is. Well, thank you so much. And uh, it was it's a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay. Bye.